the Glossy Beauty Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Flora. We've read a lot about economic headwinds impacting the beauty industry these days, but one area that's still going strong is fragrance. Take Interparfum, for example. It's the fragrance company that holds the licenses for over 20 fashion and luxury goods labels, including Mont Blanc and Jimmy Choo. The first quarter of this year was its best in its 40-year history as it reported 24% sales growth and surpassed $1 billion in sales. On this week's podcast, I talked to the company's CEO and co-founder, Jean Madar, about what's driving that growth. He said that fragrance has been booming since the pandemic and talked about the factors behind that. He also made the case for why fashion labels need their own olfactive signature. Another interesting part of the conversation was about celebrity fragrances. Despite a celebrity beauty boom, he said that the company has no interest in getting into celebrity licenses and talked about why that is. Here's the interview. Jean, thank you for being here. Thank you, Liz. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very happy to be with you today. So, Jean, we always like to start off the podcast with some history. You founded the company 40 years ago. Take us back to what you saw in fragrance then and what inspired you to launch the company. Okay, yes, that's true. Uh, uh, it was almost 40 years ago uh, that uh, me and my partner, uh, Philippe Benassin, we decided to jump into the unknown. And the unknown for us was uh, we were in a business school and we were working on a, on a marketing case of a company who wanted to launch a fragrance. Uh, so we, di- we were not very successful in the in the in, in, in this uh, course, but uh, immediately, almost at the same time, we decided that uh, uh, fragrance was a, a great business uh, to, to, to start because it is one of these, uh, one of the very rare uh, consumer product where there is such a big difference between the, the, the cost of goods and the selling price. So um, we, uh, in 1982, Uh, we formed a company that became Interparfum uh, and the idea was to create uh, products. Uh, At that time, we didn't have any brand, we were were not doing anything under license, but we were creating products which had had no name, uh, but uh, we were selling them mostly in the mass market environment. I remember we created products made in France with uh, some nice uh, French words like uh, Soir de Paris, uh, Jour de Printemps, that uh, some uh, wholesalers in New York or in Hong Kong or in uh, Dubai uh, were buying. Cost of goods was uh, maybe, uh, at the time it was a French franc, the euro didn't exist, but in equivalent, it was maybe a couple of euros and we were selling it for four or five euros and it was at retail for uh, for 10 or 15. So it was really no name, uh, but uh, uh, we, we learned the, the, the business quite well because we had to work with a glass manufacturer, plastic manufacturer, pump manufacturer, fragrance house. My first meetings with IFF, uh, uh, Givaudan and uh, Firmenich was uh, uh, at this time in the, in the mid 80s. So what we've seen, we've seen a lot of things in 40 years. We've seen uh, 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 some markets that didn't ex- exist 40 years ago became very, very uh, uh, strong. 
uh, we saw also that uh, uh, the need for us to have brands. And uh, either we buy brands or we license brands. Uh, for us, we, we saw immediately that when you are able to put a brand on a bottle, uh, it's worth 10 times more. So uh, immediately we went to uh, licensing. Uh, we identified some names. The first license that we, that we did was with Regine. Uh, Regine was a, a celebrity, a French celebrity, but she, she was very international. She had a club in New York. She had a club in Paris. Uh, and, uh, and she was the first one to, to trust us with a, with a license. So we took the license. Uh, we launched the fragrance at Bloomingdale's. Uh, Regina had a club on, 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 on Park Avenue at that time. This was 1992, 94. Uh, and, uh, and I remember it was a great, uh, it was a great hit. Um, I remember um, some veterans of industry, uh, Marvin Traub, Lester Grebetz. These guys were, uh, were coming, came to, to the launch. The company was quite unknown. Uh, but uh, it was our first uh, uh, license. Uh, Philippe, at the same time, was selling the product in the Middle East, uh, and, uh, and he was traveling e uh, extensively to, to, uh, to Saudi Arabia and to, and to the Emirates. And uh, slowly, we, we created a, 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 what is today a very, very uh, big portfolio of brands. We have today more than 20 brands under license, but uh, it has been, uh, uh, the construction of, of this portfolio is, uh, uh, has been made with, with time and with experience and uh, some people don't trust you at the beginning, but then they see that one of their competitors signed with you, so they come back and say, yeah, maybe I can give Inter Parfum uh, my name, because the, the, the licensing for fragrance is not new. Uh, Armani is under license with L'Oréal, uh, uh, Saint Laurent. Uh, um, uh, so big companies have been in the, uh, in the license business. We, we think that uh, for fragrance, either if you're a fashion house, either you do it yourself or you do it under, under license. The people who have done it themselves, um, the successful people that have done it themselves, are very few. Uh, who does it? Chanel does it? Um, Of course, LVMH does it, uh, but uh, the rest, uh, they're better off uh, uh, being in a, being partner with uh, with people who 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 are doing it for other other people. So we think that um, uh, when we when we present uh, when we present Inter Parfum, uh, we like to to say to our future partners, um, Inter Parfum is the best. Uh, company to, to deal with because we are big enough to launch uh, a fragrance in 100 countries, to spend tens of millions in advertising. Uh, we have hundreds of people taking care of uh, distribution and manufacturing, but we are small enough uh, that we can let you in the kitchen. We can be your, uh, your uh, uh, beauty uh, uh, extension, beauty arm. Um, and this has been very attractive for for many fashion houses, uh, that's true, we let them in the kitchen. Uh, uh, we, we work with Oscar de la Renta, we work with Ferragamo, we work with uh, 
uh, we work with a coach or Jimmy Chu, um, we don't create uh, uh, and show them the finished products. It's a, it's a collaboration between the, the different teams, uh, engineers on our side, marketers on their side. Uh, and also we have to really understand where the brand wants to be in two or three years from now. Because for us, from the time we decide to make a fragrance and, until it's, uh, it's in the shelves, it's going to take two to three years. Uh, but, and a, br a brand could decide to, be, to, to try to have a different uh, target uh, three years from now. Or to, uh, they could decide that they would like to enter some new markets. Fragrance is the best tool for a fashion house uh, to communicate uh, a new message, to try to get a new customer uh, or, or trying uh, uh, price points. We are, for instance, the, the partner for fragrance for Graf. Graf, uh, they sell diamonds for uh, millions. They sell, uh, I mean, uh, if you go to a Graf store, I don't know if you, if you go there, not too many people enter the store, but there is nothing really for less than 20,000, $50,000. So here, uh, the idea was for 500, which is a lot for a fragrance, for four or $500, you can enter a world uh, that, uh, the world of exclusivity, the world of uh, millions, billions, etc. So uh, again, it was important for Graf to create a perfume because they wanted to, to reach more people. They wanted to not to, to be just known by the, the rich and famous and, uh, and, but also by, uh, by more people. And today, Graf, for instance, they have opened 17 stores in China and they are very happy that there is a, a product that people can see, that they can put in their hand. And it's important that Graf also has an olfactive signature. I think that uh, uh, yeah, it's great to sell uh, uh, diamonds for, or, or, <clears throat> or uh, rings for uh, hundreds of thousands or, or, or millions of dollars, but to make the brand uh, uh, exist, what, is, what does it smell? What does Graf smell? I think it's very important to have a signature. Uh, So maybe the Graf is not going to do a, a, a business with us for the royalty, only for the royalties that we are going to make for them, but also for, uh, for having a, a, a clearer identity. And this model is certainly working well these days. The company just reached a milestone surpassing $1 billion in sales in 2022. You just had your earnings and reported 24% sales growth in the most recent quarter. This is up from $539 million in 2020. Taking a big picture look, what have been the overall biggest growth drivers for your company in the past year? Uh, well, let's be honest, uh, we are in a, in a crazy uh, world, a uh, crazy moment for fragrance. There is uh, suddenly, when I say suddenly, in the last uh, two years, there is a lot of uh, uh, attention in the, uh, for, for the fragrance business. Um, for years, for 20 years, 30 years, uh, the growth of our segment was always very small, uh, 2%, 3%. Uh, 
even the NPDs, when they go up by two or three, it's already a big deal. Uh, in the last two years, things have changed. Uh, and after, during COVID, people really started to buy fragrance uh, on e-commerce. Uh, and to buy fragrance on e-commerce, uh, it's, a, it's a complicated uh, road because you cannot smell it. Uh, so you have to, to, to trust people who tell you if this smells uh, good or this smells like this. And you have to really uh, create emotion with words, not with, not with smell. So we have to, 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 to write a story, or it could be uh, an ingredient story. We can explain where we, where we want to, 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 to capture this, uh, this uh, smell. We have the rose from Bulgaria and the, and the bergamot from Sicily. And uh, uh, so by explaining uh, uh, what we were doing, a lot of, we, we were able to, to catch the attention of a lot of people. Uh, and we saw ourselves uh, uh, holding up during pandemic because people were buying in the, uh, in the e-commerce. When the, when the, when the, the people were able to go back to stores, uh, not only they continued to buy on the internet, but they were able to, to go back to store and buy in store. So we have like a double dip effect. And that's why we started to see a growth rate of 10 and 15 and 20%. Uh, and it has not slowed down. So we, we, we passed the, the bar of a billion dollars uh, last year, a little bit uh, earlier than our uh, uh, projections. Uh, this year, uh, it's not stopping. I think we have a guidance above 1.2 billion. So it's a big growth, 20%. Uh, we are also uh, uh, taking more brands in the portfolio. So, for instance, next year, uh, we will have uh, Lacoste uh, in our uh, portfolio. We are taking over the, the license uh, for Lacoste. Um, so I think that uh, we're going to move uh, faster to the 2 billion uh, than, uh, uh, than uh, from 0 to, to 1 billion. It took us, let's say, 40 years to do the first billion. Uh, I think the second is going gonna, is gonna to go much faster. But again, the brands that we have are uh, diverse, uh, they are strong. Uh, we have uh, four brands in our portfolio uh, that are between 150 and 200 million at net. Uh, so this helps tremendously. Um, but what is important behind the, 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 the dollars, uh, the billion or the, or the billion two, is, uh, I think, uh, our uh, ability uh, to stay a very entrepreneurial company. We, we, nobody uh, work, work at Interparfum thinking that, that they work for a billion dollar uh, uh, company. They work for, uh, I hope that's the way they feel, because that's the way I feel. Uh, we work for uh, uh, a company that is uh, uh, growing fast. Uh, I like to say that we are a 40-year-old uh, startup. Uh, because we have the spirit of a startup, uh, we we like to we like to go fast. We like to uh, uh, not follow all the necessary steps. We like to cut corners in terms of process, and and it, that's true. That Interparfum is not the 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 most um, how should I say advanced in uh, in process. But this is uh, the way we manage. We uh, 
we think that there is a, a danger uh, if we if we are too comfortable. So we create the tensions in the when I say tensions, uh, uh, we like to 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 go faster when we launch products. We like uh, also to make decisions uh, faster. Um, the life of the people in the company is uh, is uh, quite uh, uh, animated. Uh, nobody uh, nobody sleeps. Nobody uh, uh, works in a, in a corner. Uh, we love to have a contradiction. We love to have to to disagree. Uh, this is what uh, creates uh, our strength. Is this fragrance boom a global phenomenon? Are certain regions more promising than others? Uh, we thought that uh, it started really in the US, then, uh, then uh, Europe, the old Europe, uh, followed. And I just came back from a trip uh, last week in China, and January was uh, was super quiet in China after very open. But uh, February, March, and the first weeks of April are booming. So uh, yes, it's a worldwide thing. There is a wo- there is a, a global. Uh, more interest in fragrance than before. Uh, out of the three segments, f- uh, skincare, makeup, and fragrance, fragrance was always the smallest and uh, the one that was uh, growing at uh, at, uh, not, uh, at a slow pace. Uh, today, fragrance is a leader uh, in terms of, of growth, uh, and in, in, in many countries, uh, um, they are the fragrance is the number one out of, of the three se- out of the three segments. Um, in the US, for instance, uh, when you go to department store, you will see many many people buying more than one fragrance, which uh, for many years I, I haven't seen before. Uh, when you go to China, uh, you see a, a lot of people buying more expensive fragrance. We used to sell only small size uh, in Asia. Uh, because it's cheaper. Uh, today, they buy bigger size. Um, and I think that there is also an elasticity in price. Uh, we thought that uh, $100 or 100, $100, euros, $100 was like the glass roof of uh, for, for, for our fragrance. But today, uh, this, uh, uh, this 100 mark is uh, easily... Uh, uh, passed by many brands and the 120 and the 150 uh, become um, uh, regular. Um, so a lot of things have changed. Um, also, one another thing that has uh, for, for us that, that can explain the, the popularity of a, of a segment is the amount of products, the amount of new products that arrive in the market every day. Uh, it's totally uh, insane. Uh, the, the, the innovation on, uh, on fragrance has been at its highest. Um, uh, either blockbusters or flankers uh, or new brands, uh, everybody wants uh, uh, to test the water of fragrance. For, for sometimes good reason, sometimes bad reason. The good reason is if you are a brand, if you are a fashion house, or if you are a jewelry uh, a brand, uh, um, it's very important to have to have a, a fragrance. Uh, it makes you sit with your pair uh, at at a different level. Uh, so I think that the, the 
the successful products, successful new fragrances, are fragrances that have, that have a good reason to exist. Let me give you an example. Uh, when MCM came to us, MCM is a very famous uh, leather uh, goods uh, company. Um, they say, what do you think about the fragrance? We said, absolutely, because uh, uh, there is a follow, follow, following on, uh, on MCM. The logo is very strong. Um, they have their own stores. So for us, it was a natural uh, to do a, a, an MCM uh, fragrance. Uh, and when we launched it uh, uh, two years ago, it was an immediate uh, uh, success. Um, so name recognition is important. Uh, and, uh, but it's not sufficient. Uh, let me give you another example. Uh, Coca-Cola has a great name recognition, uh, doesn't make uh, Coca-Cola a good candidate to have a, a, a fragrance. Um, you need also a, a certain appeal uh, and also a certain exclusivity because fragrance is the entry price point of luxury goods. Uh, maybe you cannot afford a, a Vuitton bag or a, a Graf uh, uh, necklace, but you can afford a, a $200 Vuitton or a $400 uh, Graf uh, fragrance. Um, by, uh, by giving the possibility uh, to uh, a lot, a lot of customers to enter a world that they are, they are usually not part of. Uh, this is the right reason to, to, to be in the fragrance business. So walk us through the process of working with a fashion brand on developing their fragrance. How do you come up with a fragrance that represents the brand's identity? Yes, of course. Uh, first thing is uh, the, the dialogue between uh, us and the fashion house. Uh, we, uh, we write a brief uh, with them. Uh, we describe uh, in what territory we want uh, the, the fragrance to be, not only olfactively, because olfactively will come after. Uh, in, in terms of shapes, of forms, where, uh, where, where do we want to be? Who do we want to compete? what country we want to, to, to target. Uh, and this is in, uh, in agreement with the brand. So uh, uh, the relationship with the fashion house is a, a relationship of a dialogue, uh, exchange, uh, and understanding. When we agree on the brief, then uh, we ask our people to, uh, to start thinking of, uh, of a shape. So we, we, we work on the, on, on the bottle, start with the bottle, and only when we have a, an idea of a bottle, uh, then we're going to start working on the fragrance. And for the fragrance, we work with uh, uh, all the usual uh, um, uh, fragrance house like uh, uh, IFF, uh, Givaudan, uh, Firme Niche, Roberté. There is a half a dozen uh, uh, perfumers or group of perfumers that we work with. And again, we are going to, to, to breathe them on the, on the juice and we're gonna we're gonna tell them where we where we, we like to, to be olfactively. Um, it's 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 a journey that can last. Uh, the shortest one would be one year. The longest one would be three years. But it takes one to two, sometimes three years, uh, to to come up with a, with the right uh, uh, concept. Uh, 
Uh, and after that, you have to uh, start working on communication and advertising. When you when you and we shoot a campaign and you shoot uh, you select uh, a model, always always in uh, agreement with uh, the fashion house. When the product is uh, ready, you have to manufacture it, uh, and then you have to sell it. Uh, and this is why we have presence either directly through our own sales force in, in, in many countries like uh, France, uh, uh, America, uh, Italy. We have our own sales force, and when we don't, when we are not directly uh, uh, in the countries, we have uh, uh, exclusive distributors uh, who. Uh, who will sell the product. To, to recap, I will say it's a permanent dialogue between the fashion house and, and us. And looking at your top performing brands right now, we saw in the earnings that Montblanc, Jimmy Choo, and Coach all saw double-digit growth. Were there any similarities in the contributions to their success? Are there any factors in common well, the, what is what is great is that uh, these are not uh, new uh, uh, license. Uh, these are license that we have for uh, sometimes yeah more than ten years, and they continue to grow at, at such a fast uh, pace. Uh, Montblanc in Europe uh, was growing uh, fast in the first quarter because we have a new uh, face uh, as a as a spokesperson. We we signed uh, Zidane, uh, the ex. Uh, soccer player um, and he, he, he's the incarnation of, of Montblanc. Uh, Coach and Jimmy Chu uh, are brands that are uh, loved by uh, many customers uh, worldwide. Uh, Coach has a presence in the US but also a very strong presence in Europe and also a very strong presence in, uh, in, um, in Asia. So it's a, it's really a global brand. Coach is a global brand. Uh, Chimichu, uh, uh, super attractive brand, sexy, relevant, uh, and we have uh, some great products. And the fourth brand uh, that is growing also at a fast pace is Guess. Uh, oh. Guess, uh, we took over Guess uh, three years ago. We have, uh, uh, this year we'll have tripled the business since we took the, since we took it uh, four years ago. So Guess is in a very fast uh, uh, track. Uh, also because uh, the offer that we have, that we are the products that we are offering are uh, uh, super sexy, super uh, uh, in relation with the image of a brand. I think that wh when you have a product that, uh, that fits with the image of a brand and when you're advertising also, is uh, consistent and coherent. Uh, I, I will not say that you have uh, the ingredients of uh, success, but it's uh, it's uh, you have uh, some chance that it will not be a, a failure. And tell me about Lacoste. You took over that license last year, as you mentioned. What is your vision for Lacoste, and will there be any changes with that label? Our Lacoste, we, uh, we, we just signed uh, our agreement with uh, the Lacoste company. Today, the licensee is Coty, uh, and uh, we will take over the business uh, at the end of this year, uh, and we'll be, we'll be selling Lacoste starting uh, January 2024. Uh, Lacoste, I think, is a fantastic label. Lacoste is, uh, 
is a synonymous of fun, uh, but also uh, discipline, uh, but also um, lifestyle, uh, fashion, but luxury also because the price points are, are quite elevated. So we have a lot, a lot of uh, positive uh, attributes uh, for uh, for Lacoste. We will uh, we will create products uh, different than the former uh, licensee. Uh, we have some uh, uh, some ideas in order to capture men's and women's. Uh, we, we play a lot the refilling. Uh, we play a lot the, the young positioning. Um, so we, we will reposition the, the whole brand to something a little bit more uh, fashion forward. Yeah, I definitely wanted to talk about customer profiles. What age groups are you seeing driving the biggest boom in fragrance right now? What are young people doing? Is Gen Z interested in fragrance? Yes, Gen Z is a huge, huge uh, group uh, because they have the money to do it. Uh, they buy it. They are interested. Um, they when on, on social media, they are very active. Uh, they exchange. They are some when they like your product, they are your best ambassador. Um, they like to share. Um, when we create product, if, if we have the brand for that, uh, Gen Z is the number one uh, target. And you talked about e-commerce changing the fragrance market. What about social media? Obviously, there's so many fragrance influencers out there, but like you said, you can't smell the fragrance through your screen. How has that impacted the market? Well, before we talk about the influencers, social media has <clears throat> definitely influenced uh, the market because this is where we, uh, uh, fragrance manufacturers, advertise. We, uh, 90% of our advertising is on a digital uh, uh, platform and definitely uh, in uh, in. Uh, we advertise in, in the social media. We advertise where the people are. We advertise where... where um, so it's less TV, it's less magazine, uh, or maybe zero magazine, uh, and uh, more digital. Um, uh, wh wh what we see is... Uh, uh, that's true, there is a lot of influencers and a lot of uh, celebrities coming up with uh, their own uh, products. At the end, we will count uh, who will survive uh, after uh, 24 months. Um, I've seen in, in my long life of uh, business, 40 years, uh, I've seen these uh, celebrities uh, come and go. Uh, I've seen, you know, I remember uh, that 25 years ago, even Trump had a perfume. Trump, Donald Trump had a perfume under license. Uh, so, uh, who who remember that uh, what uh, Donald Trump fragrance was nobody. So uh, uh, we Interparfum uh, will not uh, do celebrity fragrance. We will not uh, uh, will not do license with uh, with uh, a KOL or an influencer. We will use influencer to promote the the, the brands, but we will not uh, we will not uh, be part of a, of. A, uh, celebrity-influencer uh, uh, fragrance or cosmetics. 
Did you want to talk more about that? As you mentioned, you had worked with celebrities in the beginning. What do you think about the business model of the celebrity fragrance boom over the years? You, Why don't you uh, want to work with them now? So, look, uh, uh, when I see the results, uh, you have uh, uh, one success for... Uh, for, uh, for 10 uh, launches or 20 launches. And uh, it's a cycle. Uh, I remember uh, a fragrance from uh, Justin Bieber, uh, but where is it today? Uh, nowhere. Uh, maybe the, the one that lasted the, the most was uh, Elizabeth Taylor. Um, okay, because there was, a, uh, there was a group of people uh, that was interested uh, to smell, but maybe it was not too much... Uh, uh, Elizabeth Taylor. It was the image of Elizabeth Taylor, which is uh, uh, glamour and uh, uh, and uh, and uh, exclusivity. The, when we analyzed uh, the rise and the fall of uh, celebrity uh, uh, fragrance, um, the, the, the more you sell, the less you are going to to sell after. Uh, you start at Bloomingdale's, you finish at Walmart. Uh, this is not the, 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 the model of, of a company. Uh, we prefer to go slower. And, and I'm sure we must have lost plenty of opportunities. Uh, um, I remember many, many uh, celebrities uh, came to us to pitch. And we said no, because it was uh, uh, the, the, our, our, uh, uh, our uh, practice or our policy at the time and still now is uh, not to do it. Some people did it, uh, I don't know, uh, Beyoncé had a fragrance, Lady Gaga had a fragrance, I mean, all the, Rihanna had a fragrance, uh, but I think she's more successful when she manages herself the thing. Or when, I, I think that when it's a pure license, uh, it's less successful when, when, than when the celebrity is really involved, uh, making it, testing it, uh, uh, that's what I can tell you on, on celebrities. And I wanted to talk about your business model overall. Obviously, with Cody, we see them diversifying, acquiring beauty brands, makeup brands. Have you ever thought about going that route, or are you focused exclusively on licensing and fragrance? What are your thoughts for the future? Um, I think that uh, Cody is doing it very well. Uh, they, they know uh, they have they have they are expert in, uh, in in skincare in interesting skincare line innovative uh, skincare uh, line and uh, and uh, we we are not uh, we are not in the skincare we are not in the makeup uh, we do not have brands for that and I don't think we have uh, the, the the talent to. To do uh, to do makeup and to do skincare, the company is really specialized in fragrance, and this is where I want to uh, to keep it. Uh, but that's true that most of our competitors know how to do uh, skincare, makeup, and fragrance. We may be the, uh, one of a few uh, pure players uh, in fragrance. It's quite complicated to to be successful in fragrance, and we think that we we want to concentrate on that. But of course, I admire the Lauder, the Coty, the L'Oréal, uh, because they're able to sometimes to create from scratch uh, uh, brands. Uh, but um, 
this is something that uh, for us will be more difficult. What are you seeing for the state of demand among fashion brands for pursuing new fragrance licenses these days? But we see we see a lot of uh, a lot of interest from uh, we see a lot of interest from fashion brands uh, to go into the fragrance business. Uh, we receive a lot a lot of inquiries uh, from either uh, pure fashion house or new jewelry house um, to to they are uh, intrigued of uh, what their uh, what their name uh, can do. Uh, for, for, for fragrance. So we, we analyze a lot. Uh, we say no to a lot of people because uh, we cannot handle uh, uh, so many. Our portfolio is big, but it's not that expandable. We have uh, almost uh, 20 brands today under management. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's quite a large portfolio and we love all the, the, the brands that are uh, part of the portfolio, uh, but it's also important to, to extend it. Uh, so if there is a fashion house that uh, wants to, that, that think that they can do a fragrance, we will start analyzing region by region. Uh, do we have a, a good name recognition in the in Americas? Do we have recognition in Asia? Do we have recognition in Europe? Uh, after that, we we'll do some uh, uh, consumer uh, test, not testing product, but uh, testing uh, the name. Um, and uh, if we see that there is some excitement, if we see that uh, the brand is uh, uh, maybe not very well known, but uh, people have heard about it and uh, some celebrities are pushing it or wearing it, etc., uh, we will uh, decide to, to continue. We are, for instance, we are, we are, right, we are going to sign soon with, a, with a, a fashion brand that we have been looking at for two, three years now. And we saw year after year, they open shops in, in the Middle East, they open shops in China, they do better in the US. So this, this gives us confidence that, okay, now it's time to... Uh, to to create a, a fragrance. And I wanted to get your thoughts on the economy these days and how that plays into demand for these more accessible luxury segments like fragrance. Like you mentioned, with all the customer concern about pricing these days, is that driving more demand for accessible luxury segments like fragrance? I don't think it's driving more demand, but the demand has not stopped. I don't think that we have seen, uh, for instance, uh, inflation uh, having an impact on uh, on the demand for uh, for fragrance, and some prices have been going up, um, but uh, there is a, a certain elasticity. Um, you can sell a product at a, a great fragrance. You can sell it for hundred dollars. Uh, if it costs, if you if you want to sell it for one or five or one ten, are you going to to lose your customer? No, I don't think so. Uh, so. We don't, we don't see the, the, the growth uh, slowing. At the contrary, we see some uh, markets that are uh, uh, buoyant. Uh, as I said, the, the month of March uh, uh, in China uh, was huge. Uh, sales are, are back uh, up again. Uh, so in, in the US also, we... we uh, the, 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 the spring season is starting uh, very, very strong. 
uh, we have already some of our uh, uh, products out of stock uh, in many, many doors. So the sell-through is very, very strong. The retailers are not carrying a lot of inventory. So this creates a certain uh, scarcity or, uh, for products. People like that. I mean, if you don't buy it today, maybe you won't, you won't see it tomorrow. And just looking at big picture trends, what are you seeing in terms of top sellers? Is there a certain scent profile that is especially popular these days, or is it more about the type of marketing or celebrity attached to it? What is the biggest driver? Uh, difficult to answer this question. So it's a very strong question because um, the we think that the one of the main drivers today is the smell. Um, and it's more important today than before. Uh, and again, the, the, the trends for olfactives are different in Europe and in Asia. But uh, we think that uh, uh, customers are looking for a better quality fragrance, eh? Uh, when I say better quality, it means uh, richer ingredients, higher concentration, um, more interesting creation, uh, fragrance with more personality, more signature. People are not afraid to be recognized by their fragrance uh, in the sense that it will be their signature. And they are looking for that. Um, and in order to, to create that, uh, you have to you have to, to, to spend more money in the bottle. The trend is to spend more money in the bottle than outside of the bottle. Uh, so maybe less in advertising, more in the real product. Less on the bottle, more on the fragrance. Um, this is, I think, a strong trend. It has been a trend in the US. It has been a trend also in, in Europe. And again, coming back from China after three and a half years, not being able to be in, in China. I saw that this trend is already, uh, is already there. You see in Shanghai, or you go to Hainan, where uh, uh, all the duty-free uh, is happening, uh, you see a lot, a lot of collection of better products, simpler bottles, simpler presentation, but uh, people are responding uh, stronger to, to this kind of offer. So for a final question to wrap up, as you work toward the $2 billion goal, I just wanted to get your thoughts for the future. What are your biggest goals to reach that level of sales? Are you looking for more licensing agreements? Will there be more product launches, more international expansion? What can we see in the pipeline? Well, to get to the next level, I think we need to have uh, all our brands uh, um, growing at, uh, at the pace that they are growing. Uh, and we have uh, most of our bigger brands are growing at, uh, at a pace of 20 to 30% a year, which is uh, unheard. Uh, so we want to, to make sure that the portfolio uh, grow. Uh, the, to grow, we're going to also push on innovation. Uh, innovation is, is part of the growth and each and every brand in the portfolio will have uh, new products, either new blockbusters or flankers. Uh, we are not look, we, we are always looking, but we are not looking really for uh, 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 
license unless they fit well with the portfolio. Uh, we will, the idea is not to add for the sake of adding, uh, because we think that uh, the internal uh, uh, growth is, is sufficient. But of course, we are very open to uh, opportunities and we will seize this opportunity uh, if they come to us. Uh, the, I think that we, we have room for uh, two or three uh, uh, more um, uh, labels in the portfolio, but the growth will come from the existing business. Well, Sean, thank you so much for taking the time today, and we really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much, Lisa, for, uh, for inviting me. I had the pleasure to, to talk with you. Thanks for tuning into the Glossy Beauty Podcast. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. Please don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. See you next week.